Hello everybody, thank you for tuning in to another episode of Technology Uncorked. My name is Jeff Quattromani and this show is brought to you by Navman. Now I hope that Santa was kind to you, I hope that you got exactly what you wanted for Christmas, but if you have been excited about, you know, Boxing Day sales and maybe you got some vouchers over Christmas and maybe you were hoping for that dash cam, you told them to listen to the podcast, you dropped all the hints, you said, I want to know where I'm going in life, I want to be able to see what's in front of me in life, and they didn't respond with the right gift, then maybe... Maybe it is now time for you to head out and buy a new dash cam or a navigation unit. I'll very quickly run through two items that I've quickly seen online this morning. Uh, first of all, GPS navigation from Navman, the Easy 470 MT. Uh, that has been reduced. I'm seeing it at Autobahn for $149. This is a sensational GPS navigation device. And look, not all cars have GPS navigation, and not all people have smartphones or reliable smartphones. This is offline maps for the whole country, ready to go right in the palm of your hand effectively. And again, if you drive a classic vehicle, this could not be better. $149 for five inch GPS navigation here from Navman. That is currently reduced at Autobahn. And I'll give you one more quick tip as well. The Navman MyView 1200 Sensor XL, this is a dash cam front and rear, high definition, full high definition with amazing night vision. I know this because I've tested this one and regularly put it up against its competitors in its in the same price category and it literally annihilates most brands in this same price point. And I really do recommend people check this one out if you want a very, very high performing dash cam. Normally, almost $400. Uh, we're seeing a JB Hi-Fi for 317 um, So, you know, that's about almost 100 bucks savings. It is a really, really high-performing dash cam, and I do encourage you to check that out as well. You know, you do want to have the right setup in the car. You want to have the right navigation, and you want to make sure you're recording everything that happens in front and behind you. So with either of those two options, your year will not end on a bad note. And for that next road trip, you'll have everything sorted and ready to go. Let's get on with the show. Rasembrasma, Jeff Quattromani, multi-Australian in Sydney. Tech expert, Jeff Quattromani. Jeff Quattromani, thank you very much from Sydney. Jeff Quattromani is here. And now it's time to talk technology with Jeff Quattromani. Jeff Quattromani. Hello everybody, thank you for tuning in. What the heck? Let's talk tech. And good afternoon, good evening, good morning, whenever it is that you are listening to this podcast. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for tuning in if you have all year for the past whatever amount of years it's been, or if you're a first-time listener, welcome. Uh, on this show, we do talk about the technology news, we do product reviews, but we always start the show with a glass of something in our hands. And today it is from St. Hugo, my favorite wine company. Honestly, if you said to me, Jeff, name your favorite wine brand, it's going to be St. Hugo. You know, the, the generic answers could be Penfolds and others, but for me, it's St. Hugo. I've got a very emotional connection to the brand. Uh, and today I've got a Riesling in front of me and it's such a delicious white wine. If you want something that's just fresh to drink on its own on a summer hot day, 34 bucks. I'm seeing it at Dan Murphy's. It's a, it's a lovely drop. Now, Today, we're going to do a couple of things on the show. One, now that Christmas is behind us, I'm going to have a bit of a look at what went well over Christmas. And I can usually tell you that by assessing the charts, the app charts. And it's an interesting way that I do find out what was popular over Christmas. And I'll tell you exactly how I go through that and what the results were over Christmas as well. But I've also got some tech news to run through. And then we're going to look at the year that was. What was the best and what was the worst? What was the worst tech and the best tech that we saw in 2022? And then I will pack up this entire studio, jump on a plane and head to CES in Las Vegas to really kickstart 2023. So without further ado, let me tell you a little bit about Christmas. Now, generally, 
these days, if you're giving anybody a tech gift, there's usually an app that needs to be downloaded and it could be the simplest tech gift. Heck, I, I connected a pair of headphones to my phone the other day and it tells me you need to download an app to go along with it. And I thought, I don't need an app just to hear music played on my phone. The app actually ended up having some equalizer settings in it, but it's, it's trivial. But that's, that downloading of the app with every gadget that you tend to get influences the app store. So what I do on Christmas Eve, this is how I celebrate, on Christmas Eve is I look at the top maybe 20 apps um, on the Android or Google Play Store, as well as the Apple App Store. And then at the end of Christmas Day, as I'm laying in bed with a food coma and whatever other issues I may have by the end of Christmas, I do the same thing. And I look at what's changed, what's gone up, not necessarily what's gone down because it's just gone down for natural purposes, but what's really bounced to the top 10. And it starts to tell you a lot because what did people download Christmas Day to get that gadget going, to make that thing work? And let me tell you what I noticed. So streaming services were clearly a very popular gift. And I know that for a couple of reasons. One, Paramount Plus, Disney Plus, Spotify all jumped into the top 10. Paramount Plus sat at number one on the Apple App Store. That was a very big surprise to me. I don't think Paramount Plus is that great, but for whatever reason, boom, it was number one. Spotify on the um, Google Play Store was number one. Disney Plus was number four. That tells me a lot. Those apps weren't there. Um, prior to Christmas. What we definitely also saw, smart home is still a big thing. We know smart home is still a big thing because the Google Home app and the Amazon Alexa app both jumped significantly higher um, in the app store as well. You know, Google Home number five uh, in the Play Store, Amazon Alexa number 10 um, on the Apple App Store. Now, I have to caveat this by saying that when it comes to Apple gifts, if you've already got an iPhone, um, you don't have to download, say, the Apple Watch app from the App Store. It's, it's not reflected in there. So if you've got Apple gifts, that's not necessarily going to show up in, um, in the Apple charts, but I will, show you where it, I will tell you where it does show up in a second. So when it comes to smart home, we did see Google Home and Amazon Alexa really jump up there. But we also saw Mirabella Genio. That is an app that you need to download for smart lights. There's a couple of smart plugs, I think, as well. You can get it from like Big W, Kmart. It's a, it's a very inexpensive smart Internet of Things gadget brand. Um, but they was, you know, sitting at number 13, which they would have probably been at like number 600. Who knows? But to see them appear in any sense or form, means that somebody probably got some simple smart lights, very cheap and inexpensive smart home gadgets. And that was a very clear, clear thing. I mentioned the Apple Watch mainly because when it comes to wearables, what I did see was the Fitbit app moved to number two. That tells me a lot of people got Fitbits. That is still probably the most popular wearable gadget that I can measure. I can't measure the amount of Apple Watches that people got, okay? Now, the Fitbit app being so, so high tells me a lot. The Garmin Connect app, uh, jumping to number 11 tells me that when it comes to real fitness freaks, the adventurous type, those who draw, are drawn towards Garmin, a huge upswing in that, in that area as well. Now, I mentioned Apple before, and, I, and it's worth pointing this out. The number seven app on the Google Play Store was Apple related. And I say on the Google Play Store because the one app that is visible from an Apple perspective actually lives on the Google Play Store. And it's called Move to iOS. And that tells me that a lot of people uh, received an iPhone or even an iPad for Christmas. That means that they were going from potentially an old Android device and migrating from that to a iPhone or iPad. 
seeing it number seven is a pretty big deal. Um, it doesn't, never looks good either. And, I, and the, the funny part is I actually had to check, does Google have an alternative? And they don't. They have a very simple way that you can transfer from an iPhone to an Android device and actually do it. They do it on device. You don't need to download an app to make that happen. So as a result, if people did go from Apple to Android over Christmas, that won't be reflected in the App Store. So we can only really measure what we can see. And what we could certainly see is streaming services, smart home and wearables dominated and potentially a lot of iPhones were sold. So um, that's my little sneak peek into what I think happened over Christmas. Does it sound like something that you received? Does that make sense? Or does it resonate to something that you saw under your Christmas tree? Uh, feel free to let me know if I've completely gotten it wrong. Now let's get into some tech news. Now, as we do approach 2023, people start to think about New Year's resolutions and I'm looking forward to hearing, I'm going to do this in 2023, but I'm literally going to wait five more days until 1st of January before I start it. I hate these kind of New Year's resolutions. I always think if you want to do something, just start doing it today. Don't just wait for the right time or the right date to signify why you should or shouldn't be doing something. But what we have seen is that on Netflix, we are about to receive a whole other line of videos. And what's funny is in-home training or exercise has been around, particularly around COVID, as people couldn't get into gyms, people maybe they couldn't even leave their house. Um, people started training in their homes. A lot of apps started to get created, and a lot of different streaming services started up based on in-home training. Nike Training Club workout videos are coming to Netflix now. This is thirty hours of fitness videos that are heading to the streaming service just in time for your New Year's resolutions. So if you are somebody who is planning on getting fit, maybe you are self-conscious, you're not ready to go into a gym, you just want to work out from home, Nike Training Club will be coming to Netflix. So if you've got a Netflix subscription, guess what? You won't have to pay another service, another fee, uh, whatever Apple's one is called. I can't even remember what it's called. Apple's fitness class app. What is that thing called? It's not the health app. Maybe it's not. Anyway, Apple have one, but you have to pay a separate streaming um service for it. You have to pay for any other brand as well. And this is going to be just part of your Netflix subscription if you have it. Um, so that's an important thing just to let you know about in case it was something you desperately needed. Now, as CES does come rapidly, absolutely rapidly, I wanted to quickly touch on some of the early announcements and I'm getting plenty. I'm trying to almost hold them back. And I wish that there was less announcements being made now rather than when CES actually starts, uh, because I'll be there this year. So could you just not spoil all the fun? LG is coming in heavy uh, already quite publicly that they have, they're having a huge focus on sustainability next year. And what I loved hearing from their announcement, it's not necessarily, well, the box that the appliance comes in is recyclable or the materials that the appliance has been made from were recycled. This is actually saying, here is a washing machine that is going to be upgradable over time. Here is a fridge that is going to evolve with your needs over time. And that could be a number of things from a hardware and a software point of view, effectively saying, well, here's your washing machine as we think it should work today. But if tomorrow we figure out that there's a, made a, way, a way to make it um, better for washing your clothes, potentially more water efficient, we're gonna add that cycle as a download to your machine. When from a fridge perspective, um, here's going to be the fridge, but if we decide to make improvements to how it operates, um, we're going to be able to allow you to download those things over time. But also, what if you could change our hardware? What if you wanted to get a basic fridge with a simple fridge door 
And then two years later, you went, wish I had an ice maker. Well, but you can buy the attachment or you can change the door and get the attachment. The reason that that is sustainable is because for a lot of people, they tend to replace appliances based on new features or new needs. And if that means throwing out an entire fridge, it going into landfill, um, and you can prevent all of that by just doing a software update or, or modifying a piece of hardware, then that is fantastic. That to me is what sustainability should be and not just about, hey, we've made this new gadget out of seaweed. You know, it may melt in your hand, but at least we tried. Or we're not going to do plastic straws anymore. We're going to give you a paper one and you'll never actually drink anything through it. Like that kind of stuff really bothers me. But sustainability for those reasons where it actually makes more sense and evolves, that is very, very smart. Uh, From a small gadget point of view, there is a lot. There's actually a lot that I haven't been able to talk about yet. I have to hold off, Um, but I can't wait to tell you all about them. But there's one that I can talk about, and it was quite funny. We're already hearing a lot about, um, obviously, electric scooters, electric bikes. Um, It was interesting to see this week how many people got e-scooters for Christmas and then finally realized that they couldn't actually legally ride them in New South Wales uh, on the road. They have to just ride them in their driveway. Hopefully, it's big enough. But I have seen an announcement about fast electric inline skates. So if the e-scooters made people nervous, imagine electric skates. And I watched the video of this being demonstrated. Literally, a guy puts on two rollerblades. We call them rollerblades in Australia. They call them inline skates in the US. He plugs these things into a big battery backpack and has like a trigger thing in his hand. And he just launches. He just starts zooming with his roller skates. And I'm thinking, wow, that's how I die. Like if I go to CES and I think that's, that looks like fun, I'm going to try it. That is the last time you hear from me. You will not hear another podcast because I'm pretty sure I'll go straight into a wall or down the Las Vegas Strip and underneath a vehicle. That to me sounds so deadly. I wouldn't even consider riding or even holding these things in my hand. Electric roller skates, it's certainly a thing that is coming. So uh, very light on the tech news this week, only because there is so much being held back for CES. Um, Yes, there's been some announcement from LG. I've heard a lot of the announcements already from some of the other big brands, and I'll be able to talk about those probably in next week's show. Actually, it would be next week's show. Wow, we are coming up to CES super quick. Uh, So next week's show, you will probably see more than one episode from me at CES, depending on how crazy and busy things get, but uh, I can't wait to tell you more about everything that we do see and experience on the ground. After this, let's talk about what was good and what was bad about 2022 from a tech perspective. When we look back on 2022, it was an interesting year. There was, to me, not necessarily a single product that stood out and really made a stamping point on the year. There probably wasn't a single product where the, the internet felt like it was a buzz at lining up to make sure they can get hold of it and to have it. Sure, there was you know still people lining up or waiting for a PlayStation 5 to come in stock that they could own, or there was you know something that they desired as in a natural desire to have something, but there wasn't necessarily a thing that I can think of that stands out as everyone had to absolutely have that in 2022. What I can say about 2022, though, was that certain categories really got a bit of a lift. And when you think about artificial intelligence, I think this is the first time that we've looked at a year and thought we actually saw a visible step in AI. Uh, AI actually means something now. I think in the past, AI meant that it was a smart device uh, where it could be controlled by your voice. And people used to call that AI. 
but now AI, this year particularly, we started to see how we could take text and convert that into an image. How, you know, if you listen to previous podcasts where I would type in, I want to see an image of a cow drinking wine, and suddenly an original artwork would be developed in front of me based on those words, that became reality. We saw text turn into video, where again, if I use that same description, cow drinking wine, I would get a video of a cow drinking wine. That cow didn't exist. That wasn't a real cow actor. It didn't actually happen. There was no cameras involved. It was just generated through artificial intelligence. And then we saw the likes of ChatGPT start to come into play where you could ask AI a question. You could ask it a command. You could get it to do something and it would perform. You could ask it to write you an essay, a social media post. You could ask it a question and it would use everything it's ever learned to intelligently respond to you in a natural language that make it sound like you said it yourself. The things that I was doing this year through not just ChatGPT, but I think through, through you.com, uh, there was so many scenarios where I could just type in something like, tell me about the Melbourne Cup. And it would write an essay for me about the Melbourne Cup. Almost one that you could probably submit if you were, if you were a student. AI has absolutely evolved a lot just in the last few months of this year. I think next year we're going to see how it actually gets utilized, how these things will get used when we really want to use them. When I, when I think about text to image, text to video, chat GPT, how are we going to apply those? Yes, it's fun for me to simply tap into it at the moment, but how is it going to be when that is connected to another application or another service to perform something? How is that going to interact from a business perspective when businesses start to say, hey, how can we bring chat GPT into our world, into how we do things? How could we potentially, if you think about that, one of the most gift, gifted products this year, Fitbits. How could Fitbit perform better if it had natural language processing like that? Would it not just tell me my stats or would it actually start to read out a proper description of what happened in my day? Could it do something like that? You know, I don't know. There's just a lot of ways that I'm starting to think about how AI is going to tap into other areas in 2023 and how that's going to continue to grow. The other area or category I think that certainly got some more benefits this year was robots. Um, you know, robots, yes, it's always been a thing. Yes, robots are coming. but I probably tested more robot vacuums this year than normal. And whether it was from Samsung or Ecovacs, uh, Roborock to a, to a degree, they have evolved so much. They are so much smarter. They are so much more capable. Um, yes, in some cases, they are more expensive, but in some other cases, they've become more affordable. In Australia, we are big adopters of robot vacuum cleaners, and that will continue in 2023. Their mopping capabilities, their self-cleaning capabilities, their, their ability to identify and navigate around your home without it you know, being a problem, without you coming home and finding it latched onto a cable or a pair of socks or anything like that has been remarkable. I have tested some to breaking points. I put one in my shed, uh, the Roomba. Um, indoor robot vacuums do not like to be in outdoor type environments. I learned that very quickly. That thing is just wrecked. It's completely destroyed. I've now put one in the garage. That's probably going to be on its last legs pretty quickly as well. But, you know, being able to experiment with this and actually push their limits, but also the fact that I haven't had to go to a store to buy them does allow me to do that. Uh, but then you also think about what has been outdoors for me, robot mowers. I've learned a lot in this space this year, particularly. Uh, the Husqvarna is the least of my problems from in any part of my life. It's the easiest part of my life to manage. It just does its thing. Uh, the one from works has been a bit of a nightmare, continues to actually be for a lot of reasons. Um, but from a robot mower's perspective, that's evolved and it's actually going to get crazier from next year as we do start to see ones that operate without boundaries. 
And I can't wait to see what that looks like. Ways that you can configure them virtually um, without having to lay, you know, boundary wires and things like that. So more to come on that one for next year for sure. Then I think about that third category for me is virtual reality. You know, VR, yes, it's still not highly adopted. You know, we have a problem with adoption with virtual reality for sure. It's a very individualized experience. It's not usually a shared experience unless you're all in the same environment, all with your own VR headsets. Uh, it's, it's a hard sell. And effectively, some of these VR headsets are, are so expensive that it's an even harder sell because it's just not affordable for a lot of people. It's not a necessary gadget that people need to have. However, with all that said, ignoring the adoption piece, the advances in VR this year have been noticeable. The sense of smell coming into VR, a sense of touch, being able to bring all your senses into a virtual reality environment will really ignite its possibilities for the next year. Um, Being able to think about what you're going to be able to do in a virtual world when you combine this extra level of realism, it changes things. It changes the overall experience. We also saw what Facebook was doing in this space as well and really trying to improve gatherings to try and enhance what a gathering could look like, whether it's eye tracking, it's lips, it's every kind of motion that you might have in your VR experience. If you can replicate that to an online avatar and actually make it look and feel as best as possible like you're actually there, then that face-to-face conversation in a virtual world could become something that people appreciate and enjoy. Um, I, I think I think VR has changed dramatically this year, and I just want more people to actually experience it, and hopefully more people to find ways of using it. Uh, should there actually be one, that's the that's the challenge is, is trying to convince people that there is a need for it and that they should be using it instead of face to face real life interaction, which is a very difficult thing to do. Um, look at me, I'm going to Las Vegas to meet with a lot of people and see some cool stuff. A couple of years ago, we did that online. That was a purely online experience. Clearly, face-to-face still wins. And it's going to take big steps in VR to close that gap and to have people feel like that it's no longer um, a question of whether I go or not. It's just, well, it makes more sense to do it in VR because I can do it from home. I can do it from anywhere. So we need to see where that will go in 2023 as well. Now, after this, let's touch on the flops. And my list of flops is actually longer than my list of wins. And that probably tells you a couple of things. Um, But yes, my list of tech trends or tech things this year, um, AI, robots, and VR, not a singular product this time. And there's nothing, I mean, if you think about, say, the AirTag, I would have probably added that to the top list, but that was a 2021 gadget. Um, So yes, a bit of a different year, this one. Let's look at what was crappy in 2022. When I look back at uh, 2022 and I think about what went well, what didn't go so well in 2022, it's a lot of drama. A lot of drama happened this year. And obviously, you know, the most recent things like the Optus data breach, the Medibank data breach, they were significant, especially for Australians. If I take it outside of Australia a little bit and I start to think about, well, what else happened in the tech world? Uh, we saw a huge flop from a cryptocurrency perspective. You know, if you think about Bitcoin and others, which have been really on the up and up over the last decade, maybe decade too much, probably too much, um, over the last years, the craziness around cryptocurrency. This year we saw it crash. We saw companies really help people lose millions of dollars. We saw people get arrested. We saw the NFT market kind of fizzle out, this idea of digital artworks, kind of losing all their value as well. 
a lot happened in the crypto space where we just went, yeah, maybe this wasn't such a great idea. And I believe we may have spoken about this at some point in the, in the past, but I still hold on to this problem, this, this underlying issue that if I can't go to the store to buy lunch with Bitcoin, then what's it actually worth? That to me is still a problem. And I'm sure they'll figure that out. And then at which point I'll sure regret having not bought Bitcoin a long time ago. But at the moment, I think in 2022, it really did get capped at the knees. And maybe in 2023, there'll be a resurgence for some particular reason. Who knows? But uh, crypto certainly took a flop this year. And if we think about what else took a flop, you think about Meta, you know, the company formerly known as Facebook. They went from being a trillion dollar company to a $260 million company. They took huge swings at this idea of the metaverse and their, I guess, distraction from Facebook and moving towards what that could look like in a, in a virtual world. And it really impacted them. They invested so much money in this space. It hasn't taken off yet. As I mentioned in my best part of 2022, it hasn't taken off yet. And that's costing Facebook or Meta a lot of money. Secondly, Apple has changed the way that Facebook can track and monitor you on your devices, meaning that they have less opportunity to sell to advertisers through the Facebook app than they normally would have. This has hugely impacted them from a dollar standpoint that a lot of advertisers have left Facebook because they simply cannot get the target or the reach that they would normally want to have. That's also held them back in a financial standpoint. So Meta took a bit of a hit this year. Yes, they're still around. Yes, they're still fine. Mark Zuckerberg's not exactly having bread and butter for lunch. He's doing okay. But it has been an interesting thing to see the downturn from Facebook. Obviously, the rise of TikTok hasn't helped their case. Um, and that probably does swing in pretty strongly to Twitter, where we saw Twitter acquired by a billionaire, an eccentric billionaire who's an electric car guru or genius and has really changed that industry. He's done the same thing to space and, and flight in that regard. And he's trying to now change social media. And obviously, this whole run towards free speech by acquiring a very left-leaning platform certainly was going to ruffle up some feathers. You can't just walk into a building and assume that they're all going to love you. When in actual fact, the people that loved you were the EV owners or the space guys. They weren't necessarily Twitter employees. And that was a problem. And as a result, we saw a lot of layoffs. We saw some drama happen on Twitter where there's been fake accounts appearing and there's been verification issues and all these other things. And I'm sure that will, again, will play itself out. But wow, 2022 was not a good year for Twitter, but probably not a good year for Elon Musk. He spent $44 billion on, on a platform that he tried pulling out of buying in the first place. It was a bit of a train wreck and it continues to be. Now, speaking of tech layoffs, that was a huge thing this year. You know, the, the companies that we've been talking about, a lot of people sort of not joining the unemployment queue, I'm sure they're doing just fine as well, but a lot of companies right-sizing. And I think when you start to think about the amount of benefits and perks or the reasons that people used to come to work in these tech companies, um, a lot of that is being realized to be a waste of money. And a lot of that is then leading to them looking at their employees and seeing who was actually wasting their money. Uh, tech employees generally get paid quite a lot more, especially in Silicon Valley. Um, and that does create a bit of a problem for companies. And there were some huge layoffs in that standpoint as well. When I think about some apps that failed, the one that comes to mind is COVID Safe. Remember that app that we all had to download? And if they said if the country downloaded it was effectively as good as having a vaccine because we could do traceability of who you were near and make sure that contact tracing was done correctly. They shut down that app in 2022. And I don't think anyone even noticed. 
It was killed off, removed from the App Store. You no longer needed to have it on your device. Honestly, that could have been the biggest waste of money that the government ever put into an app and where it did nothing. It did nothing, and I believe there was only one case where it helped contact trace. And I'm sure they're doing just fine as well. The other thing that I did notice and had to mention when I look through what we have spoken about this year, one of the things that caught my eye and disappointed me was the Netflix ad stream. Uh, yeah, the streaming service that Netflix put in with ads. They wanted you to pay six bucks a month for the benefit of watching ads before, during, and after a show. And that to me made no sense. The idea that for an extra couple of bucks more per month, you could just get the next tier up of Netflix without the ads, that was for very confusing. And again, at that price point of the ad tier, you could get Amazon Prime, which included music, shopping, books, and video. Again, Netflix completely shot themselves in the foot and stuffed that one up. Um, I think that there's a couple of things this year that we'll look back on and go, yeah, there were some bad decisions made. There could, a lot of the, what we've just spoken about could be down to individual decisions that have been made. There has been some interesting trends this year. I think that uh, social media has become a little toxic in a lot of ways. We need to be very cautious of who you follow, what you follow, and who you block and whatnot. But it's been fascin a fascinating year. Again, no single product completely stole, stole the show. Apple did not blow anybody away with their announcements this year. Um, probably for me, if I think about smartphone of the year, it's the, it's the Google Pixel 7 Pro. The camera on that is astounding. The core quality features, the core screening features, um, the intelligence on that device, which is beyond what we just look at from a hardware perspective, have been uh, noteworthy. When you think about what Apple did with the iPhone 14 Pro, they removed the notch and turned it into an island or a pill or whatever the hell they call it. Not a lot to be excited about from an Apple perspective. And I just think in 2023, I hope that we have a lot more to be excited about, a lot more to talk about, and a lot more to potentially want to spend our money on. Hopefully you find tech that you know enriches lives, changes the way we think, changes the way we do something, and that's what technology should be doing. Now, thank you for again for all your support this year. To Navman, who've supported me since day one. Uh, Connect My Tech, who's, who's supported for a portion of this year as well. Uh, I, I really appreciate it. To all the brands that have helped me, whether it's not just by being an active brand and giving me something to talk about every week, but you know, supporting me with products to use in segments, to talk about on radio, to write about in magazines, newspapers, online publications, you name it. Um, whether it's in Australia, Singapore, Malta this year, um, I'm trying to reach as many people and as many places as possible. And it's certainly, um, it's a fun hobby. It's an exhausting one. I say hobby because yes, I do have a full-time job. And uh, I'm very appreciative of, of them and their flexibility, allowing me to still make time to do this podcast and do my radio spots and TV spots uh, every week without a single miss or a single problem at all. Uh, it's, been a, it's been a great year. It's been a stressful year. It's been a very stressful year. It's going to get even better next year, though. 2023, we're kicking off with CES, and I cannot wait to get on the ground and tell you all about the innovations, the things to be excited about, and so much more. And you'll read about that wherever I can possibly get to. And you'll, you'll hear about that list as we do the podcast next week. But pay attention to things like 7news.com.au, The Australian, menshealth.com.au, uh, potentially 7news, definitely for Studio 10, we're booked in. Uh, there is a number of other publications that will probably come on board as we start to actually have concrete things that we can 
publish in those publications as well. Washington Post, um, the Washington, what's it called? The T Magazine, I forget what that's called, New York something. Anyway, there's going to be a lot to talk about next next week and uh, there's probably no shortage of places I'll have for you to find all the information. Take care, everybody. Have an amazing 2023. Thank you again for 2022. Speak to you again next year. Bye-bye.